listening to season five, episode three of Vixen, a Black beauty and pop culture podcast. If you enjoy what you hear today, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is on OG video vixen, Esther Baxter. Now, let's start the show. Hey y'all, welcome to a all new episode of Vixen. I'm very, very hyped to bring y'all today's episode because y'all have been beating my head in for this episode. But no, this is probably one of my most highly, yeah, definitely one of my most highly requested episodes. Um, So I am super excited to bring this one to y'all. I posted about it on Instagram last week, this episode, and then the one coming next week. Um, Definitely two very fun episodes to write. Learned a lot from writing both. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, and it's been a while since I've done an episode that was focused solely on one video vixen. I don't think I've done that since season two, maybe. Um, so we were long overdue for a video vixen conversation, a video vixen episode. Um, and you guys have been asking for it. So I'm excited to give it to y'all. Um, Esther is definitely one of the more well-known vixens. Um, that I didn't know much about personally. Like, of course, I knew the stuff that made the headlines, but I learned a lot from doing the research for this episode just about, like, her personal life and, like, um, just, like, her personality and different things. I learned a lot about her, and she just seemed super cool. So I hope y'all enjoy this episode as much as I did, and let's get right into it. Esther Baxter was born on September 24th, 1984 in Miami, Florida to a family of 14. Yes, y'all. Esther's mama birthed. 14 children, okay? She has seven boys and seven girls. Um, and then her parents later adopted two other children. So technically it was a family of 16. Um, by the way, her parents are adorable. I believe they recently celebrated 40 years together. Very cute couple. Um, Esther's childhood was normal. I'm sure it was a lot of fun because she had so many siblings. She definitely was a tomboy in her youth. She was one of the girls that hung out with a lot of guys. She played sports, things like that. This stage, however, this stage, this tomboy stage did not last long for Miss Esther, okay? She quickly had to adjust to her new body, um, which was developing at a much faster rate than her classmates' bodies were. And I think as Black girls, a lot of us can relate to what that feels like. I know I can for sure. TMI. I was, a, I was, I was like this as well. Um, and I got, I remember getting, I got my period, like I was probably one of the only girls who had my period at that time. So I definitely know how the, how this feels. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate as well. Um, of course, Esther was annoyed by this as many preteen girls are when this happens, like once you start to hit puberty. Um, recently, I read a study by the National Women's Law Center called Dress Coded Black Girls' Bodies and Bias in DC Schools. Y'all know I'm from DC. So when I saw this, I was like, mm, let me check this out. But This study just talked about how black girls are more likely to be penalized for the things that we wear, um, way more so than our counterparts. And it's mainly just because of sexualization. Like black girls, y'all know how this goes. Um, Whether you went to public or private school, whether you went to a black school, a mixed school, a white school, like we know how this is. Um, And that is partially why it's so frustrating. Like um, when you start developing, 
And I think for Black women specifically, it's a very different experience um, than a lot of other women experience once we start to develop because you instantly become older in like everybody's eyes. So yeah, Esther was not interested in TV, music, films, nothing. She just, she was not into that. Matter of fact, when she graduated from high school in 2002, she married her high school sweetheart and started working as a kindergarten teacher. I believe her brother worked in the industry himself, like the entertainment industry, or he was at least connected and one day he was like, listen, I think you should model. You can make some serious money. Um, Esther wasn't taking this serious at all. But after being encouraged by both her brother and her husband, she went along with her brother um, and they went to meet an agent that same day. Once her brother introduced her to the agent, Esther realized that she had the right look for this. She was like, you know, OK, I can do this. She's seeing the vision, you know. So Esther signed up with the agent immediately after that meeting. And before long, she booked her first gig. So all of this happens really, really fast. So stay with me, y'all. So the day, literally the day after the signing with the agent, Esther found herself on her very first music video set, and she was an extra for Keep It On The Low by TQ. Now, the only reason why she was an extra was because the casting, which is where the lead girls or um, the featured models would be chosen, was the day before. And obviously, this all happened yesterday, so Esther wasn't a model. Um the day before so she wasn't there however on her day on set multiple people asked esther why she wasn't a principal girl the principal girl is the lead girl the lead actress the lead model when she explained that she wasn't at the previous casting they were like well you definitely have the potential to be the principal model this moment really, really lit a fire under Esther because so many people were coming up to her and being like, why are you not the lead girl? Why are you not in front? Why are you not the principal girl? Um, so she was like, okay, my next big goal is to be cast as the principal model the next time I do a video. By the following year, Esther had done quite a few videos and had gotten lead roles in others like One Call Away and Shaky Tail Feather. So... A lot of people know Esther for another video, and we're going to get to it, but after Shake Your Tail Feather came out, people started asking about Esther a lot and personally requesting her for gigs. So this isn't, I wouldn't say this put her on the map, but like this video actually played a big part in Esther's career. Here's a condensed quote from an interview she did with Urban Magazine in 2011. Least favorite thing about the beginning of my career was doing the videos because people would stereotype me as one of those provocative, promiscuous girls, which I wasn't. I was very shy, but very laid back and very cool. I wasn't like that at all. So that would have been my least favorite thing, end quote. So these videos were big for her um, and she did start to gain some notoriety after Shake Your Tail Feather, but then it was really her next video, which I know y'all can guess which, what that one was, um, but it was really her next video that set everything off. Later in 2003, Esther starred in Petey Pablo's video for Freak-A-Leak. So I cannot imagine that there's a person listening to this who doesn't remember Esther in this video. Um, like I said, this is definitely the one that she is the most known for. I remember everything Esther wore and did in that video, but I can't tell you anything about Petey Pablo in that video, y'all. I, I don't know what Petey was doing. I get Petey Pablo and Freak-A-Leak mixed up with Petey Pablo and Reza. I don't know what Petey Pablo was doing. I only saw Esther. 
That's me personally. <laughs> In an interview, Esther said, after that video blew up, my life started to change. I got more photo shoots and interviews, and there was more that people could ask me about because they felt like they knew me a little more. So this is when like her star power begins to rise from here. People um, want her for like solo shoots and all that kind of stuff. Similar, if you guys listen to the Buffy the Body episode, this kind of happened for her too. Like, um, after she created her website, like similar, she had like a similar trajectory. Um, but after the Freak League video came out, Esther became known as Miss Freak League, period. Um, she quickly became one of the most sought after video models in the industry and she continued to be personally requested. She got more magazine spread. She did a lot of press, a lot of interviews. She did calendars and much, much more. She also started to make a ton of money. So at one point it's rumored that she made a um, million dollars over the course of one year. Even though she was experiencing so much success in her career, Esther had quite a sad development in her personal life. She and her husband decided to divorce just a year after they got married. And here is Esther's side of the story. Um, simply put, her husband just couldn't handle her newfound stardom. Even though he did encourage her, if y'all remember, he did encourage her along with her brother to pursue modeling at first. Esther doesn't think he thought she'd make it very far because he, she described it as he basically just started to act weird once she gained uh, success, which is yeah, typical, especially for how young they were. Um, and I do think sometimes you do things and people don't think anything is going to come out of it. So they're just like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. But then they act different when stuff starts to happen for you. So at the time of the divorce, Esther was only 19 years old. Divorce did not slow her down at all, though. She went on to star in videos for Kanye, Beanie Man, The Roots, um, Ghostface, Ludacris, Will Smith, much more. We will be here naming them all day long. Um, she also did covers and spreads for urban magazine giants like King, XXL, um, The Source, Vibe, Smooth, Black Man Magazine. In 2004, Esther won the Video Goddess Award at that year's Vibe Award, specifically for her role in Ludacris' number one spot video. Outside of videos and magazines, Esther ventured into becoming an on-camera personality, um, appearing on Rap City, Dog After Dark, and From G's to Gents. Y'all remember that show, From G's to Gents? Like, some of the reality shows <laughs> from back in the day literally cracked me up. Like, what was that? But anyway, so... At this point in time, Esther is on the top of her game. Um, she's in high demand. She's making tons of money. She's building a name for herself, but she started to get bored. In an interview with News For You in 2011, she said, I used that as a stepping stone to get higher. Once I got to the highest I could possibly get doing videos and doing the magazines, I quit. I wanted to do something else. I wanted a bigger challenge for me. It was no longer a challenge. I was on the cover of every single urban publication possible or that there was. I was requested for every top artist to be in their videos. I needed a bigger challenge. I wanted to do something else. So with that said, Esther took a break from the industry, having her son, Caden, in August of 2007, and started to focus on rebranding and her next steps, basically. As the next decade started to roll in, Esther was ready to make her full comeback into the entertainment industry. She always wanted to get into acting because she knew that she didn't want to be a model forever. And she had started like kind of toying with the idea of becoming an actress a few years back, like in the height of her video vixen career. In an interview with Vibe in 2010, she said, right now I'm getting into acting. Basically, I feel like I've conquered the urban modeling and video scene. I was one of the top video models and top paid. So I just felt like it was time to build my career further and challenge myself. 
Really, acting is something I've always wanted to do. I've done a few commercials and TV shows here and there, but it's time to really build my career, end quote. So she wanted to diversify her income and parlay her fame into something else. And she felt like there were a lot of parts out there that she could do. Esther decided to throw herself fully into that by taking acting classes at Black Nexus and the Tasha Smith Acting Workshop. She quickly landed a role as Christine alongside Holly Robinson Pete, Wesley Jonathan, Chingy, and Vanessa Simmons in a movie called Speed Dating. In that 2010 interview with Vibe, they asked Esther what it was like to film Speed Dating. And this is what she had to say. Long quote coming, y'all. Just letting y'all know. I was extremely nervous, but the director and the whole cast were really cool. They all helped to give me direction and just told me to be natural. It wasn't difficult or stressful though. Really, it was a lot of fun. The movie is hilarious. I took some acting classes at one of the top schools in New York before I came out. The classes were actually scarier than shooting the movie. I mean, we had to act like wild animals during some of the training exercises in front of the whole class. I was embarrassed. I mean, it's a huge change from being in music videos. It was actually less stressful than a music video shoot. With a music video, they don't really give you a lot of direction, but they expect a lot from you based on the fact that you're one of the top models. With shooting movies, they really weren't expecting me to be anything but myself. Wesley Jonathan was really nice and extremely helpful. He would just give me little pointers like how to use the different levels of my voice. Holly Robinson was so sweet. She talked to me like I was an old friend, end quote. After the success of speed dating, Esther was cast in yet another movie, Video Girl alongside Megan Good. So if y'all are OG listeners, y'all remember this episode. But for those of you who are new, um, in the first season of the podcast, it was the finale episode. I did an in-depth review of um, this movie, Video Girl, as as well as some other like video vixen themed movies and documentaries. So if you're interested um, and haven't heard that episode and you want to know more about like the inner world of just video vixen stuff, go back and listen to that. Um, so when Esther was first contacted about the movie, she was thrown off by the title and she felt like it might've been like a little cliche to do a movie like that. She was just like, you know, I'm moving away um, from that and trying to take my acting career seriously. Should I really do a movie that's called Video Girl about the video vixen um, industry. But after she read the treatment, Esther liked the storyline. She loved that Megan Good and Haley Duff were involved. And I think it just helped like legitimize the movie to her, like legitimize the plot and just, you know, make it seem real, make it seem like something that was worth doing. In that Vibe interview, Esther said, Video Girl really shows all the insides and outs of the whole video model industry and how it really is. There are all sides of the story in the movie, end quote. So, of course, y'all can go listen to that episode to get my thoughts on the movie. But I feel like if Esther is saying that it shows the in and outs of the industry and what it was really like, and she's, you know, the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable video vixens ever, I would say, I believe her. So (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie, definitely check it out. Esther started to do some press around Video Girl to build a buzz for the movie and was featured on the cover of King's September-October 2011 issue. I know y'all remember this cover. Um, It was the wet issue. I'll actually post it on Instagram, like in those collages I do for the episode. I'm going to put... Um, that picture in there if I can. If not, I'll post it on its own. You might be wondering why Esther would do this cover at this time because like we said, she's trying to make her a name for herself as an actress. Like why would she go and do King? But I'm gonna tell you why. 
Here is a condensed quote from her from that News For You interview back in 2011. We always had the plan to come back and dabble back into the magazines. It was a break to get away from the video scene and to come back with the film, to have a whole separate entity than Esther Baxter as a video girl, to show that I can actually do the acting. I don't want them stereotyping me as just another video girl trying to become an actor. I haven't gone back into doing videos or anything like that. I came back to do the shoots because I felt like a lot of my fans were contacting me, saying they missed seeing my pictures and really, really, really wanted me to do another spread. I had just done the movie, the film with Megan Good, so I thought it was appropriate to come back and give the fans what they wanted and kind of show I was still here. I was still looking nice. End quote. That makes total sense to me. Like I'm sure like people would be confused as to why she chose to do that. But I personally feel like if you're doing a movie like Video Girl and it's already associated with you, it's probably something that's going to be associated with her forever. It just makes sense. Like it's Video Girl. You haven't done anything um, in the urban world in a while. Why not come back and do a spread? And it was an amazing spread. Definitely the spread of hers that I recognize the most. And that wasn't even like her heyday for real. Speaking of the video vixen game, y'all might want to know how Esther feels about it now and like the current state. So let's talk about it. This is from an interview she did with Hip Hop Wired. I was still doing the magazines, but I haven't done a video and I have no idea what the game is like now with the girls that do videos. I know that it's been completely saturated and I know that it's completely different than it was when I was doing it. When I was doing it, the girls doing it were actually making money. We had names, we had a certain status. Now I'm not so sure. I think that people are kind of doing it for fun. End quote. What do you guys think about that? Like, what are y'all's thoughts? I've said my thoughts on this in pretty much every video vixen episode I've ever done. But like, I mean, she summed it up perfectly. I think that it's not a career anymore. One, people are just not getting paid much. And I think the people who are doing it don't really care that they're not getting paid, if that makes sense. It seems like people just do it for exposure. Um, and that's kind of reminiscent of the influencer industry, the creator industry, the freelance industry. Once people start doing stuff strictly for exposure, it's harder to get paid. Um, it's harder to ask for pay. It's, it's you know intimidating to ask for what you deserve at that point. So I think it's just a different industry. It's not the same. And yes, the girls who um, were in videos, we knew their names, not everybody, um, but the girls who were often the principal models, such as Esther and other people like Pasha and um, the rest of the, Nicole, all of those girls, um, we knew their names. And if you didn't know their name, you knew their face. You're like, oh my God, I saw that girl. She was in this video. She was in this video. Like there was, and then there was a certain status, um, amongst the girls like Melissa and Esther, um, and Buffy, um, and those girls. But now like, I can't tell you who those girls are in the video. And I actually don't know if like, I know I can't think of any instances of this. Y'all let me know. Any girl that's been in a video in the last five years, have you seen her in another video? I've I've never seen it. I've never seen someone in a recent video in the last few years and be like, oh, I've seen her somewhere else. Maybe I've seen her on Instagram probably, but I've never seen her in another video. So I would agree with Esther. I feel like it's a completely different industry, but what do y'all think? So at this point, Esther's manager was advising her to move to LA to take her career seriously. Um, she was being offered roles that didn't have anything to do with her looks or her past career as a video vixen. And her manager just felt like it's time to get out to LA where 
you know, that's where things happen um, and just make it work, make some shake. So Esther hesitated for about two years on this because one, it was a cross country move. Um, she was in a relationship at the time as well, and she was raising her son. Um, but after that relationship ended, Esther took the leap and her and her son moved to LA. Hey y'all. So I know we're all excited to come out of this pandemic and get back to our regular lives, but let's be honest. We've been through a lot these last two years. You might feel like you need to step back, reassess, process it all, set new goals, or just talk to somebody. I was feeling the exact same way, and I just had my very first session with my new life coach, Tola Maria. I ain't gonna lie, y'all, I was nervous, but Tola made the space very comfortable. I felt safe, and I felt like I could be open and honest. Although she made me comfortable, she did not hold back, y'all. She definitely told me about myself. But it all felt really constructive. I got some good tips. It was definitely eye-opening and very much needed. Having a life coach is something that I think black women can truly get a lot out of. So I've partnered with Tola Maria Life Coach to offer my listeners 12% off their bulk sessions when they use my code, FIXIN. You can use this code on her website, which will be linked down in the show notes. And you can find her on Instagram at tmarialifecoach. That's T-M-A-R-I-A Life Coach. And don't forget to use code VIXEN and let her know that I've sent you. As far as the roles Esther decided to take, she used the same discretion she used when she was a top video vixen. So basically by that, um, she looked at it as as long as it didn't make her feel uncomfortable, it wasn't crazy, it wasn't raunchy, um, and it showed that she was serious about acting, she was down for the role. She was down to audition. Um, Esther filmed two other movies, Interludes and Because I Love You, and she also modeled for the Save Our Sea campaign alongside model Sabrina Athena. That photo shoot was to bring awareness to the gallons of oil being spilled in the ocean, specifically by BP. I, f I remember this, like, I don't know, I don't know if y'all do too, but I remember people being like very concerned about oil spills. Not that people are no longer concerned about oil spills. I'm sure there are, th that people are very concerned, but at this time, like, it was just like the oil spills were everywhere. Y'all know how like Coney kind of took everything by storm in 2012. That was the oil spill. <laughs> like the oil spill was like a big deal. So I re actually remember this shoot, but in a 2011 interview with Urban Magazine, um, Esther was asked if people treat her differently as an actress versus as a video vixen, and if being a video vixen um, held her back. She said this, I definitely see with the interviewing process that people are more impressed that I really am serious about acting, and I'm actually taking steps to improve myself, like taking classes and actually going and talking about it. I definitely see a difference in people seeing me as more respectable rather than, oh, she's a sex icon. No, it didn't set me back. It actually worked to my advantage, but I also knew going into it that I would have to start at the bottom again. I didn't go in there expecting that since I've worked in the urban field that this should be really easy or that I should just get a part immediately. No, I knew that I had to separate myself from the urban world in order to jump into the acting, end quote. Okay, y'all. So at this point, we are going to get into the Joe Budden of it all. Now, let me issue a trigger warning here. We are going to talk about um, miscarriage and some very, very serious mental and physical abuse. So please skip ahead a few minutes if you need to. I am not going to put a lot of time onto this because I don't want to like define Esther by this. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. So 
I want to preface this by saying all of this is alleged. I have to say it's alleged, but I want to say, although I'm saying it's alleged, this is a separate thought. Um, I want to say that it isn't lost on me and I don't think it should be lost on you either. Um, that Joe Budden has been accused of physical abuse by multiple women. Esther is not the only one, and that is all I'm going to say about that. While Esther was working on her acting career, she started dating rapper-turned-podcaster Joe Budden. At the time, Joe was known as a rapper. Um, the podcast stuff had not started yet, for those of y'all who weren't like in the internet realm at the time. Um, I would consider him, at that time, he was a rapper, of course, but he was also a very popular Twitter personality. Do you guys remember the days when Joe um, and Fab were really, really big on Twitter? Like, they were always doing trending topics and, like, they always had viral tweets. They were just, like, very popular Twitter people. I think I joined Twitter because of them, actually. Um, but anyway, Esther didn't know anything about Joe Budden at the time. She actually thought Pump It Up was Swiss Beat song. Like, <laughs> When I read that, <laughs> I cracked up because move. But anyway, the two of them start a relationship. Um, I'm not really sure exactly how long they were together, but the relationship seemed quite turbulent because in May of 2011, Joe released a song called No Ordinary Love Shit Part 3. And yes, this was a series. So there were multiple parts. And I believe the other songs are about like other women that he's dated. I don't, I think all three of them are about different women. I feel like there might be a four or two. I don't know y'all, but yes. Um, in this song, he accuses Esther of cheating on him, um, with an NFL player, uh, of her putting a restraining order on him and talks about a fight that they got into a few months prior that ended their relationship. And also unfortunately, trigger warning again, claimed the life of their unborn child. After the song came out, Esther came forward to defend herself via um, interview with Bossip. She denies the cheating and talks about the physical altercation, saying that it was so brutal that it caused her to miscarry. She did press charges against Joe, but dropped them because she didn't want the story to get out. Um, and she did this in an effort to protect him. So that's why she was so shocked that Joe revealed it all in a song. She also mentioned that she never saw it coming and that it was the very first and the very last time Joe ever abused her. Um, Bossip also posted like some very graphic photo evidence of her miscarriage along with the interview. Um, and then they said that this did not come from Esther, but I remember them getting a lot of, I remember when this story came out and I remember them getting a lot of backlash for posting that. Um, and the, I don't know if it was the editor in chief, but someone who was really, really high up at Bossip came forward and was like, like stood by their decision to publish the photos. Um, but I just remember them getting a lot of backlash for that. So this is all I'm going to get into um, about Joe's side of the story. He did say a lot more in interviews and stuff. If y'all want to hear that, feel free. Um, but this episode is about Esther. So I'm going to focus on her side of the story. Um, but what I will say about Joe is he did deny the abuse allegations. Um, he stands by what he said about the cheating and everything else he said in the song. He claims to have talked to the NFL player personally. Um, he says that the photos, the graphic photos that Bossup released were uh, doctored. And he says that releasing them in the first place um, was tasteless and that he believes that Esther gave them to Bossup. So that's all I'm going to say about his side. Um, 
And that's pretty much what happened in this situation, y'all. I will let you guys make your own opinion here, but I do want to share some stats from the 2010 to 2012 National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey. Um, Here, IPV is defined as, and I quote, a pattern of physical and or sexual assault or threats of assault from a current or former intimate partner within a context of coercive control. Um, And IPA was used as a broader term that includes psychological and emotional abuse, end quote. So here are some of the stats from that survey. Across the states, 45% of Black women experienced contact sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. According to the 2011 National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey, approximately 41% of Black women have experienced physical violence by an intimate partner during their lifetime, um, compared to 31% of white women, 30% of Hispanic women, and 15% of Pacific Islander women. So that is all. um, I'm going to talk about that situation. It is extremely unfortunate. Y'all are free to make your own opinions and, you know, do your own research if you want to know more about Joe's story side of the story but that was pretty much what happened there let's get to some more positivity and the good things and the things that esther is doing now all right so let's talk about present day esther baxter so miss baxter became a chef y'all um she started posting photos of her food on twitter um and it got a lot of attention when she would do this people would ask her for recipes people would ask her like how'd you do this like i need um ideas for dishes to make for my man, stuff like that. So once she started posting these photos, um, she started a food blog called EB Delights. She also started a lingerie line. I believe it's pronounced Belange, Belange, I'm not sure. Um, these days, Esther is just pretty chill. She's a mom. She posts her baby. She posts her food. She posts cute photos. She's still fine as hell. Um, so, you know, she just, she just seems like a really, really like chill, nice woman. And it looks like she's enjoying herself a lot. She just, you know, still that girl, still beautiful. Glad that she gets to have a relatively chill life, especially after everything that she's been through and going through something so traumatic, so publicly in that way. And just having so many people having so many opinions about you, um, after things like that, it's, you know, I'm always amazed when people are able to get through things like that. You know, it's very hard to be in the public eye, especially when you're going through something that is just so insane and violent and traumatic, like the situation that we talked about. So y'all follow Esther on Instagram. And I think she's still active on Twitter. I'm not sure. Um, But she's definitely active on Instagram. So make sure y'all follow her. And I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. I hope y'all liked this. I am so excited, not only about this episode, but also next week's. I hope y'all love that one too. I had a lot of fun writing that one. Um, And I hope y'all like all of the episodes this season. I'm excited about everything. Like I said in the first episode, I listened to a lot of y'all's requested. So those of you who have sent me requests or submissions, a lot of y'all are getting y'all wish this season. So <laughs> keep them coming and I can add them to my list for next season as well. Definitely want to give the people what they want. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. You can find me at the Vixen Memoirs on Instagram. You can email me at Vixen vixenpodcast at gmail.com. You can join the book club by going to the vixenmemoirs.com and signing up. New book coming soon because the month all, almost over. We're still reading Beloved right now. Um, but we're getting a new book soon. So I hope to see y'all there. Hope to read with y'all. Also, 
Side note about the book club. I don't think I've said this on the show yet, but let me say it again now if I have. Um, So for those who have been following me for a while, y'all know we typically do Instagram lives after um, each book that we read. We're not doing that anymore. Right now we have a group chat. um, And if you are already in the book club and you want to join the book club, I mean the book club group chat, um, please let me know. Um, Email me and I can add you to it. It's on group me. So we don't have, you know, your personal phone number or anything like that. It's just like a chat room. Um, You just need the app on your phone. Um, So yeah, we're no longer doing the lives for the book club. I'm still going to be doing Instagram lives and I have some coming up that I will share with y'all in the next few weeks. But just for anybody who was wondering, we're not doing lives anymore for the book club. We are now in the group chat. So join the book club and join the group chat, y'all. Pull up. Would love to have you. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to give that update. Again, thank you guys so much for all of your support and I will see y'all next week with an all new episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Vixen. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave a review. If you have a submission, feel free to email vixenpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with an all new episode.